All right, well. Dude. Uh, welcome to another episode of American Swirl. Uh, I am Rudy Martinez. I am Raw Elder. How's it going, Raw? Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. You know what? Happy Black History Month, too. Happy Black History Month, indeed. Yeah. So, I <laughs> I was just telling Raw before we went on the air about... Uh, Valentine's Day in Shea Martinez, where I forgot all about the holiday. And long story very short, my wife ended up getting a nice set of bowls for her Valentine's Day gift. So how was your Valentine's Day, uh, Raul? You know what? It was uh, really quiet, I'm, which I'm happy about. We, uh, as, as most people know, we live in Arizona, and people out here tend to seem to act like the pandemic never happened. Um, so we were lucky Same enough- Same in Florida. Yeah. We were lucky enough to find a restaurant that uh, had- basically no people in it and we went there ate and came right home and watched a movie and passed out so it was great what did you watch uh last night actually no last night we watched bob's burgers but the night before that we started watching um uh judas and the black messiah i've got that on my list we'll probably watch that tomorrow yeah let me know your thoughts man i will i will we can do an episode about it if you want absolutely i uh I love that you guys watched Bob's Burger. It's my favorite show. It's, <laughs> that, I mean, it, 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 listen, my name is Rudy, so I'm not going to lie. I love that regular size Rudy and and um, and Louise Belcher are going to end up married and happily ever after because <laughs> that's how it's going to be. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> so I tell Gabby all the time that I'm basically married to Louise. She's basically Louise. Like if you, she, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. If you see how she interacts with her brother and her sister yeah. and her parents, you'd be like, oh, shit, that they based that character off of Gabby's life. Hell yeah. <laughs> and that's what you want in life. You want a Louise Belcher. Yes. She's amazing. <laughs> I love that we're already going off the rails here. So before we get too into it, I do want to apologize. We had an episode recorded last week. We were trying – basically, we record these on Zencaster, and we were trying their beta um, – video recording and it was great for about eight minutes and then one half of us was gone so we decided to scrap it and we're just going to do audio only this week so i want to circle back to a lot of the stuff we talked about last week but there was also some other stuff that we wanted to talk about over this past week so last week Rawl, you had some really good insight on colorism and i know that's a that's a very important issue to your heart so i'm going to just shut my pie hole and I want you to take over and just explain to everybody what colorism is and how it kind of has affected, especially within your own race or or any one single group, how it kind of puts people within a group into their own little subsets. Yeah. And now I shut up. Okay. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so colorism, basically, I'm going to go back into history a little bit. Um, basically, when – and actually, let's let's – Let's be clear. Colorism is not only a black thing, right? It's, it happens in every community, especially the Latino community and the Asian Absolutely. community. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we see that a lot. Um, and you hear stories, especially from some of my, my friends that are mixed with either black and Latino or white and Latino or even black and Asian in, in the division within those communities because of colorism. But today I'm just going to focus on the black community. Um, so back in the 1600s, uh, the 17th century, when, when slaves were brought over, um, you know, we were darker. And after a while, slave masters begin to, to rape and have sex with their, their female slaves and, and lighter children came out, right? 
those lighter children, you know, they still wouldn't technically claim them, but they would show them favor by letting them work in the house. So they didn't have to work out in the fields. And, and the justification for that was because their skin was lighter. They were more receptive to getting, getting heat stroke and, and those types of things. And they weren't, they weren't as sturdy as the darker slaves, so to speak. Um, and that, that built animosity, which we deal with today. Um, fast forward, you know, you have, you have it where in the certain community, well, in the black community, where we finally got to a point where we had some of our civil rights and we started HBCUs, but then we saw some of that colorism come into play into our own communities, right? Where you have, you know, they thought that lighter people were more intelligent than darker black people, where you couldn't get into certain HBCUs if you didn't pass the, what they call the brown paper bag test, um, where if your skin was darker than a brown paper bag, they more than likely wouldn't let you into the university. Unless you were an athlete, you could get, they would let you slide because you were an athlete. Um, so we saw some of those things happening in the white community, but we also saw them happening in our own communities where we would separate ourselves by color. Um, and wait, 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 wait. I want to interrupt you in a second. Cause yeah. I don't, I don't, that's a, that's a point that I think can go, that can easily be missed. So what you're saying is these HBCUs mm-hmm. within the black community themselves, Correct. they were the ones administering the paper bag tests and deciding whether the light skin, lighter skinned or darker skinned had more or less value. Is that correct? That is certainly correct. Um, and also it happened in, in certain clubs as well. Um, and yeah, so these communities that were supposed to help us were also separating us by color, so to speak. Um, it also showed like in, in the entertainment industry during the turn of the century, where you had, you know, lighter skinned actresses and such were more sexualized and, and thought to be beautiful because they had more European features. Um, and the darker actresses and such always played a slave or the mammy. Um, they put them on pancake boxes, Aunt Jemima and, and all those things. Which has finally changed. Finally. Finally. Right? In, the, in the year 2021, they finally, <laughs> they finally fucking got rid of it, Aunt Jemima and yeah. 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 So anyway, sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 please. I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy it because you give insight from, from the other side. Right. But yeah. <laughs> the other side, I don't know that I wanted, how do I take that? Not the other side, but from the, out, from the outside looking in, from the outside looking Correct. in. Okay. That's better. I feel it, a little bit better now. From the outside looking in. Cause if we were to stand next to each other, people are like, Oh, they're about the same complexion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that complexion is sexual chocolate. Let's yes, just call it what right. it is. We're going to call that chocolate drops. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We're actually starting a band. We're going to call it uh, Chocolate Raindrops. Uh, album's coming Hell out yeah. this summer. So you guys <laughs> going to look out for that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so also, like, even in entertainment today, if you notice, most of your more popular uh, African-American singers are of a lighter complexion. Not to say that it's their fault because the majority of them are extremely talented, but some of our darker skinned sisters don't get as much recognition as, as they should because of their skin tone. They, you know, and you always hear that, you always hear that thing like, oh, they're pretty for a black girl or for a brown girl or a dark girl. You know what I mean? That is a pet peeve. Yes. I, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, and even with guys, like I have a bunch of friends and it's, and growing up, we would say stuff like, oh, it's light skin season or, oh, you just, you're sensitive because you're light skin or, 
uh, dark skin dude, you you smell funny because you're dark skin, or you know, just just certain stuff, or we we just make fun of each other, and not saying that is right, but that's just something that we did, right? Right, and that's I guess that's a, a question. So you'll hear you'll hear people say, even in the Latino community, you you will hear people will will kind of you know do the same thing, but it's it's different. Somebody outside looking in. I mean, I know I've seen this firsthand where people outside looking in think that that gives them some sort of, um, it's like, it's like the N word, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you can use it, um, uh, whatever version variation of it you want. Uh, and then the minute a white guy or not even necessarily a white guy, just somebody who's not black uses it. It's like you hear the record scratch and, and everybody's looking at him funny right? because there's this, there seems to be, there are some, some people who have this mindset that, well, if you can do it, why can't I? Um, I want you to address that because I think that's an important thing that I think people miss. Right. And so if you're going back to that, like it goes to the big brother, little brother example. That's, that's how I like to look at it. Like I can make fun of my little brother. Like if, like if Rudy and I are out and Rudy's making fun of me, I'm like his little brother. So if, if someone else jumps in and says something, Rudy's going to jump in. And I've witnessed that actually. <laughs> I was gonna say, all right. <laughs> I want to make sure people are not gonna be listening. Like, no, he wouldn't. I know him. He's a pussy. <laughs> no, I've witnessed it, and we actually have to keep him from smacking somebody around. But, <laughs> but also, like, it's the, it's the same argument. Like, I can make fun of my little brother, but the moment someone else that isn't in my household does it, then that's a problem. Like, that's my little brother. You can't say that. Um, so even with, even with that, which we've talked about that before, but even with that, okay. So there's that as aspect of, you know, it's, it's just people who are close to each other who, who've established a relationship. So they know that there's safety there so they can, they can cap on each other and they can just, you know, bust each other's balls all day long. But is there something that maybe is a little bit more insidious that kind of underlies that, that, that kind of feeds into the narrative that there is this, ostensibly there's this value given to you just because you're a little bit lighter skinned and you're, you're devalued because you're a little bit darker. Uh, at what point does that line get drawn even amongst friends? Uh, because even if you and I are busting each other's chops like that, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not going to have any racist racial bias when I come across somebody who I don't know who is maybe darker skinned. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying that I do, but I'm saying it's a hypothetical. Yeah. Where is that line no longer blurred and now it's completely, this is too far? I think I think with that, it all goes into the intention behind it. And and I'm, I, could, I could completely be wrong, but I know when somebody's trying their best to hurt me or, or I'm not going to get offended if somebody I know or, you know, one of my, one of my black friends and we're going back and forth says something, but if, even if somebody I don't know who's either light skin or darker skin says something, I'm probably going to get offended because I don't know you like that. Right. Um, yeah. So I think it goes back to that as well. Like, do I know this person? Do I know their intentions? Do, do I feel like they're going out of their way to, to be harmful? Maybe they're trying to make a connection. I don't know. Right. So it, it, it all goes into the intent, how it's said, um, when it's said, um, I want to go, I kind of want to go to a point as well. Because a lot of times, and this is skipping what I just said, I want to go to a point that I made last time that didn't get recorded, um, where lighter skinned people are looked at as not as black or, or, you know, they're not black enough. And then you look, yeah. right? 
But then you look back in history and some of our most our most prolific black leaders or or people that were revolutionary or or pushed for change were very light skinned. Um Malcolm X, they called him they called him Detroit Red. Dude had red hair and light skin. Uh Huey P. Newton, Angela Davis, these people were light skinned black people. But I feel like a lot of times the lighter skinned people, in order to prove their blackness, almost have to be extra black. You know what I mean? Like even even today, like look at look at Colin Kaepernick in, in the black community. He's a pretty light skinned dude. Yeah. Right. And he's lighter skinned than I am. Yeah. Uh even like in Alicia Keys, she's very, very Afrocentric and very, you know, it's like she has to turn that on extra so people knows that just so that people know that, you know. I'm black and I, and I, and I, and I love my blackness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You, and she does. And so do you, do you, are, I guess is the point that you're kind of making that she feels a sense of obligation to emphasize her blackness? Because it, I don't, I think it, as, as an outside observer, that would make, I, I would be able to sniff that out. Her, she seems to, her blackness is genuine. She's not, right. there's and, no affectation. I think she just is genuinely, this is who I am. Right. And I am not going to apologize for it rather than trying to prove herself. Right. And I would never say that I could say how she feels or, or any of these people feel. And like you said, I feel like it's genuine, but I also feel like it's like, you have, it's almost like you have to put it out there to let people know, like, this is who I am. This is where I'm coming from. And yeah, I might be lighter skin, but don't get it, don't get it twisted. This is who I am. Yeah. Right. Just to, to let it be known. And yeah. So if it came out wrong, like saying that some of these people no. are just doing it to let people know that, oh, uh, you know. I just, I, I guess within, within your community, within my own community, I always want to make sure that there are people who are, um, like take, take my, my, I mean, people look at me and they can tell that I'm a Latino. They look at me, they can see my brown skin, they can see my brown eyes, they can see my dark hair. I open my mouth and they hear me talk. And if they didn't see me, they would assume I'm white because I've had that happen before people have met me after they had spoken to me. And they are surprised that I'm not a white man. Uh, but And that's infuriating. But the reality is I am the way that I am. And it goes back even further than me, just kind of like the light-skinned black guys that we were talking about when it goes back all the way back to slavery and, and raping the slaves, for me, it goes back to my grandmother specifically, who grew up in, in LA in the 40s and lived through the Zoot Suit riots and watched Mexicans and Chicanos get the shit beat out of them for no other reason than they were Chicano. And when she had kids, uh, she wanted to basically make sure that that never happened to them. So they weren't allowed to speak Spanish. They weren't allowed to go out and, and be ethnic for, for lack of a better word. Wow. And so by the time it got to my generation, you know, my dad barely spoke Spanish. My mother barely speaks Spanish. Um, so I've had to learn things. I've had to basically go back and learn any Spanish that I, I know. Uh, and even though I grew up in LA, even though my whole family's from LA and, and there's just a huge population of Chicanos that are there, my experience as a Chicano is very different than say the guys who built my, who rebuilt my house after the hurricane, who came here, who are here from Honduras. And they've only been in this country for a few years. Their experience and my experience are worlds apart, but I don't feel like it makes me or them any less uh, of a Latino than, than the other. Right. And I think that a lot of times, even when I would talk to those guys, 
some of those guys would laugh because they thought I didn't know Spanish and they'd start running their mouths in Spanish. And I'm like, motherfucker, let me explain something to you. <laughs> Just because I sound like this. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I get, the, I get the same thing. And people don't expect that I speak some Spanish too, which is hilarious. Because <laughs> 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 like they'll be talking and then I'll, I'll respond in Spanish and then they're like, oh no, he knew what I said. <laughs> and it's, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is the reality is there are Latinos who look every bit as black as you do. And darker. That's the beauty of uh, even darker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we've got, I mean, if you go back to like the, the, this 17th, 18th century, the Dominican Republic was a place where a bunch of escaped slaves went and, and, you know, built, built their country. lives. So yeah. they all, they all are black. They're black as black. And they speak Spanish better than I ever could. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, dep- it depends on where you're from. Cause if you go to Mexico, they'll yeah. tell you that Dominicans don't speak real Spanish, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then if you go to Spain and if you go to Spain, they'll tell you that Mexicans don't speak real Spanish. Exactly. So. Exactly. If, it, it's no different than if you go to, if you go to London, they'll tell you that Americans don't speak real don't English. Speak so. English. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as a guy who now lives in the South, I can tell you that that is true. There are people here in America who do not speak real English. <laughs> I'm going to say the majority of them live in Louisiana. I we had some guys. We had some guys that we took out fishing. I used to work on a fishing charter. We took them out deep sea diving, and they were from Georgia. It's two guys and their son, and I swear to God, they were speaking a language I'd never heard, but it was English. But I did not understand. And it wasn't Creole. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like Spanglish or some equivalent. It was English, but it was an English that they speak in the deepest parts of the Georgia backwoods that I'd never heard before. Wow! And, and he essentially had to slow down. I felt like. I felt like a guy who didn't speak the language. So he would speak slower and louder for me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry, we're getting off track now. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Where were we? Back to, we were talking about, I don't even remember now, but colorism. Yes. The other thing about colorism, I think that is a very tricky sort of thing is that I think a lot of, People think of racism as being one thing. Um, And I think colorism can blur the line between racial bias and flat out racism. And I think that honestly, subconsciously, people don't sometimes realize that they do it. Yeah, I I can completely agree. Um, And yeah, you go in with a bias that it's it's almost like an unconscious bias that that someone from another race would have on me if I walked in a store. And actually, I have a story about that. I took my son this past weekend to get uh, I, his eyes checked, right? And and I, I walk out, and I'm wearing a Yankees hat and a hoodie, and you know I walk out. So, and I got my mask on. So we walk out, and there's a Starbucks right there, and this lady, and she was she was Caucasian, and she's just looking at me like I'm gonna come take her friggin' chai latte right off the table and run down the street with it. <laughs> and my son just nice. starts laughing he's just laughing he's like that lady did not like whatever you had going on and i was like yeah that's her problem i don't care <laughs> well, well in all fairness to that lady i know you and you're an asshole so well you there's know. that, there was that. <laughs> it, i had a i have i remember one time where i was uh i was in high school and uh i took my girlfriend at the time to a restaurant she was a little she's white and uh, I went, I let her out to go get us a table and I went around back and parked 
And then I walked into the restaurant and I'm walking through the foyer and the hostess is being incredibly sweet to her. And, and, and as soon as I walked in, her whole attitude changed. Wow. And it was just, yeah. And it was like this, oh, I'll be right with you. And I'm like, no, I'm with her. And she looked at her like, bitch. And, <laughs> and, but, but the reality is it is something that happens regularly. I mean, I could probably pull out a number of times. You could pull out a number of times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And those are those little things. But I mean, at what point does something like that go from a racial bias to a racism is the question. I don't know that you can answer it, but it's, it's, I think it's an interesting question Yeah, because I think it, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just think, Oh no, I just, I think it really does affect things like jobs and relationships and, and housing, definitely housing. Um, I mean, I was reading a, a thing today and it's not the first time it's that we've had these things, but on ABC news, there was a black couple that got their house evaluated and, um, they were shocked at how low it was. And when it was like $410,000 is what it was valued at. And then they had a white, I think it was a white woman stand in and then they got it valued again. And it was $500,000 more in value. It went from 400 to like 900,000 in value. Holy and, shit. You know, that is one of those things that it's, is that where you have that line of racial bias and flat out racism being blurred because the one really does feed right into the other. Yeah. Anyway, um, I feel like we've kind of covered this now. I think I so. People got an idea. I think so. But I know you and I have been talking this past week specifically about um, we've been angry. I've been angry, and I know you've been angry. We've been seeing a lot of an uptake, uh, and it's not a surprise considering the way that Donald J. Trump um, handled the entire coronavirus. But we've been seeing a massive uptick in violence and racism towards the Asian community. Um, and a lot of times it's covered in, draped in the rhetoric that, that, uh, fuckface 45 used, you know, the Chinese virus or the Wuhan virus or the Kung flu or all these other things. And the sad part, the part that really, I think breaks both of our hearts is it's not just white people that are doing this to the Asian community. Um, and so we wanted to talk about this because this is one of those times where, where we said early on, Rawl specifically said early on, we will call out our own communities for this kind of bullshit. Absolutely. Um, I think it's absolutely unacceptable. It's fucking heinous that we want to treat people just because they're of Asian. I mean, I mean, really, you don't know whether somebody's Chinese. You don't know whether somebody's Korean or Filipino or 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 any what where what where they're from. You just see them, they look Asian. And so I'm going to be a racist fuckhead to them. Right. Absolutely unacceptable right. under any circumstances. Under any. Um, and here's the other issue with that. Like whenever stuff happens in our community, we always want people to stand up for us. And the problem is whenever it happens on the reverse, we never, we never, we never do the same thing in kind. Or, and I can't say never, but for whatever I was going to say, I will take issue with that. Because I remember distinctly, uh, there was a white guy that was killed by police in New Mexico, and it was Black Lives Matter that showed up in protest and in defense of him, yeah, and they and, raised money for his funeral and all that. Yeah, and and I'll I'll step back as well because because when they had those children in those cages, you had a lot of black people in L.A. with Mexican flags marching, absolutely marching side absolutely. by side. But at the same time, we we can't let this shit ride. And um, I sent you a video earlier in the week with one. This is isn't a Chinese rapper from New York named China Mac. He flew out to San Francisco and, and, and Oakland where a lot of this stuff was happening. 
and he met with a uh, a gentleman from the black community. He's a, a rapper named Mr. Fab, I believe. I never heard of him. Um, and they met up and they they were discussing, you know, how we need to unify because if we were if we're together, and this go this actually it'll tie back to that movie when you watch it. But if we're together, if our communities come together, that's that is the most frightening thing for for the oppressor. They want us to fight. They want us to be separated. That's what they. That's well, what they that decide. Was- and that is the whole point of this podcast is for us to, to find that unification, that unity where our communities can all come together because yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Sorry, I, gotta, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go on. No, no, no. And I got to tell you, my assistant, she's Japanese American. And if somebody were to hurt her or somebody that she cares about, I would probably be in jail. I'm just going to throw that out there. So th- this is kind of, you know, close to home for me and not that I, I deal with that kind of oppression, you know, because I'm not Asian, but if, if someone was to do something like that to, to my assistant and, or somebody in her family, I'd, I'd be very upset. And so I feel like I need, we need to call this stuff out. We do. We absolutely do. And we need to exactly what you said when we see it happen, not just call it out, but we need to stand arm in arm with, with, you know, our Asian brethren, because I don't care at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me what their politics are. It doesn't matter what their, um, anything you, I can, I can argue with you until I'm blue in the face about things like politics or sports or entertainment. And I can think you're wrong, but you are a human fucking being first, last, and always. And even if we might disagree, and this goes, this goes for Trump supporters as well. Even if we may disagree, the moment somebody dehumanizes you is when I have a problem and I will always have your back. And I think what I loved about that video that you shared with me is that there was that mindset. And, you know, it was like, we have people in in our community who are treating people from another community as less than. It's like, we forget how it feels to be treated as less than, as other. And so we take it out on somebody else. And whether we may be able to rise to the level of systemic racism, it doesn't matter because the fact is racism in and of itself, even the non-systemic kind sucks, is wrong, absolutely unequivocally needs to be stamped out. So, you know, and I do have Asian friends and I, I mean, I, I grew up with a lot of Asians in West Covina and, and we had a large Asian community. And I mean, we lived, my mom lived in a duplex and the, the house behind us was a really old Japanese couple whom to this day have been, so, I mean, I will, I, I love them so much because I would go to their house and I would go into their house and they would give me the little Japanese candies, but it was like stepping into a different world. I mean, it was so Japanese that it was like, <gasps> it was magic. It was absolutely magical for me. Um, so I will, I mean, you, we have to celebrate that shit. Yeah. We don't, we, we, we can't be out there trying to stomp a mud hole in it. We need to celebrate that shit and hold that up because there's fucking beauty in that. And so, you know, we, we, if I catch any of, of my brown ass fucking family or friends talking that shit, doing that shit, they're going to get my fucking foot in their ass. Yeah. That's a problem. Like in, we, and it's like you said, you know, right, right is right. Wrong is wrong. And oppression yes. in any form is, is not going to be tolerated and it shouldn't be tolerated. And um, I'm just proud. I'm proud of what uh, China Mac and Mr. Fab are doing. And I hope, I hope that people take heed to it. And I feel like people like them and people like us and where we came from, we came from an era where 
didn't matter what color creed you were, you respected your elders, right? And and a lot of these things are happening to older yeah. people. Um, yeah, that's fucking. Mm. I would never think to do that to somebody's grandmother, somebody's grandfather. Like if somebody did that to my grandmother or my grandfather, I'd be furious. And and the fact that someone would do something like that to the point where one person one person's dead because they were shoved onto onto the ground so hard they 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 died. Like, come on, like what is wrong with people? He, he he's a what was he, ninety one years old. Yeah. And that punk ass kid shoved him down so hard that he ended up dying. That was I will say, yeah. I mean, we, if you think about it, we, we are, we're talking about good old fashioned racism, racism mm-hmm. and, and good old fashioned ageism. Yep. And, um, yeah, I mean, I completely missed that. You're absolutely right. But it's happening even to, I saw another video in LA where there was this big old burly white guy who was threatening a little Asian chick. And, and this is in LA. And I mean, I, People have got to disabuse themselves of the notion that California is just a bunch of liberals who love everybody and sing Kumbaya. We have a bunch of shitty human beings there, just like they do anywhere else. We have a bunch of racist fuckheads, just like anywhere else. And if you don't step up and fight it, it's going to take root and it's going to overtake everything else. And you just, you can't have that. I can't have it. I will not accept that in California. So anyway, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Um, I, I think, I think, uh, next week we're going to try to do a little live stream, uh, on our YouTube, if we can get it figured out. Um, cause while we may be both ridiculously handsome, we're not particularly bright. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to try, uh, maybe next Sunday. So I think that's all I have for this week. Do you have anything else, Roll? No, I, I don't really have much more to add. Um, just, Love each other, no matter what you look like. Take care of good people, and and the world will take care of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think that's a good way to end it, man. Um, and just look out for each other, yeah. like Raul said. All right, Raul, man, it's a good episode. Yeah, man, love you, man. I love you too, brother. I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. All right, bye.